Hello, everyone, and welcome or welcome back to the Life Abundant Podcast. My name is Susie Seidel, and I am so excited that you're here. I mentioned a few episodes ago that I was going to post every Friday, and that is just not a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I basically am just kind of going off of when I feel inspired and when I feel like God is placing something on my heart for me to say. So hopefully um, you can check out a new episode like once a week or once every other week. Again, like I'm a college student, so weeks look differently, um, you know, each day, each each week. So um, yeah, just make sure to check back. Um, I don't know if you can like turn on post notifications or anything like that on Spotify or wherever you're listening. But yeah, just make sure to check back um, just to hear a word to take you into the day or the week or whatever it may be. So this is a topic that I've kind of wanted to touch on for a while. And it all started with Dolly Parton. <laughs> and I love Dolly Parton. I think that she's awesome. And she just was like so relevant in my life, like over winter break. So I've, I guess I've always known who Dolly Parton is. Um, I grew up in St. Louis, so my family would go to Branson a lot, which is a city in Missouri that is just like a trip. And um, she has the Dixie Stampede in Branson, so I knew who she was because of that. And I feel like she was just like on every show ever, whether it was American Idol or Hannah Montana. I feel like my mom listened to her a lot. Um, and she's just pretty iconic. I just feel like I always knew who she was. And then over break, right before Christmas time, I was watching TV with my dad and her movie, The Code of Many Colors, came on and I had heard of it, but I'd never seen it before. And it was an amazing movie. It was so good. I had no idea that Dolly Parton was so passionate in her faith. And it was just really cool to see her story from when she was a kid to just like growing up and just kind of what she's learned throughout her life. And so a few days after I watched that movie, I was still super into Dolly Parton. I was at Half Price Books with my friend Grace, and we were looking through books, and I found this one called The Faith of Dolly Parton, and it had this beautiful image of her on it, and I was so excited to just learn more about her and her faith, especially since it had been so inspiring to me um, just in the weeks that led up to this moment. So I purchased the book, sent it to all my friends, was so excited to read it, and it didn't take very long when I opened it up and started reading that I learned the book wasn't an autobiography, it was a biography. So it wasn't written by Dolly Parton herself, but it was actually written by a man named Dudley King. But that took me off guard a little bit. And it definitely changed my experience reading the book because I learned so much about her. I learned so much about her life and things that she has said about her faith and experiences that she's gone through and just more about just what her career looked like and how she has grown into the woman that she is now. But there were so many times when I was reading about a moment she was having that this author was viewing from a like onlooker's perspective and I just wondered to myself like I wonder what she was thinking or I wonder what her personal like devotional life with God looks like. I wonder what her personal relationship looks like. And that's something that a secondary source can't tell me because that can only be told by Dolly Parton herself. And so I was kind of thinking about these things. I was a little annoyed that I didn't look closely enough to see that it wasn't written by her. But again, I still learned so much and I have a lot more knowledge on Dolly Parton now, but I was missing a piece of the puzzle, I guess, that was her perspective and was her life and was things that only she knows about herself 
And I soon realized that that is how our relationship with God can look like in regards to the Bible and in regards to scripture. And when I first started um, really pursuing my relationship with God um, and really pursuing a personal faith, I definitely relied on a ton of resources, which I think is such a gift and is something that is so graciously given to us from the Lord. And what I mean by that is I watch so many sermons on YouTube. I listen to so many podcasts. I have read so many books and, you know, I encourage you to do all those things, but we can easily make those things an idol and we can worship a sermon or what somebody else has to say about God rather than what God is saying to us himself. And we're missing that piece of the puzzle of we know a lot about God. We know a lot about religion. We know a lot about Jesus, but we're not hearing it from him himself and we're not being spoken into in our lives by him himself. And I think that is where the power of spending time in God's presence and being in scripture really comes in. And so I have this verse in front of me that says, all scripture, or this is Second Timoth- Timothy 3, 16 through 17. And it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And what this is saying is that the Bible is breathed out by God. It is the word of God himself. John 1 says that um, in the beginning there was the word and the word became flesh, which is Jesus. So when we're in the word um, of scripture, we are with and in community with Jesus. And this is definitely like a controversial topic. And I've realized this more as I've been in college and have taken theology classes with people who Um, do not identify as Christian or um, do not identify with any um, religious beliefs. And I just kind of want to speak into that and just give you my perspective on what I believe the Bible is and what I believe is true about the Bible and how we can actually like hear from God and have that primary source in our life rather than just learning about God. And I heard it put really well in this Bible study I was in with my sorority from my friend Maddie, if she's listening to this. But she said, I knew a lot about religion, but I didn't know a lot about Jesus. And I think that is where we often find ourselves stuck. And so in my theology classes and going through these last few years of learning more about the Bible, I would say the number one thing that I've heard um, as criticism of the Bible is, well, you know, it's been translated so many times. Like, how can we trust if it's true? And I guess that's something that I definitely thought as well. And unfortunately, I think that we have a threat like coming into um, just like the, the Christian faith is that it's more popular to say like, oh, like the trans- the Bible has been translated by men or the Bible has been translated by, you know, people with an agenda that we can't trust it. And I don't believe that's true. Um, so I guess this question is like, can I trust the Bible? And the first thing stemming off of that is like, is it even true? Are these just myths? And I don't believe that they're myths. Um, We have copies and manuscripts of the Bible that trace back to 90 to 110 AD. And you might think, well, if Jesus lived to like when he was 30, shouldn't they be from earlier, like 30 AD or around that time? Um, But what I've learned is that in these ancient days, oral tradition was so much more valued than written tradition, mostly because a lot of people couldn't read and write. And so um, these stories were passed down orally um, and these truths were passed down orally Um, through generations before that they were written down. Um, But we have so many manuscripts um, and there, this is a little fun fact. (laughs) Um, I've learned that there is more evidence for the New Testament than for 
Julius Caesar. So there are 10 manuscripts um, of ancient writings that recognize Julius Caesar as a real individual, but there are 24,000 manuscripts that we have of the New Testament. So we basically have more written evidence for Jesus than for Julius Caesar, but none of us, you know, like question if Julius Caesar was a real person or not. Same with um, George Washington and other historical figures. Um, so we have the evidence and the written manuscripts that show that the Bible was written and um, was true. And I guess going off of that, another question is, like, did the gospel writers make it up? And, I mean, I guess they could have, but I think it's highly improbable. You know, when we look back to history books, like, did somebody make George Washington up? I mean, maybe, but I don't think so, you know. So nothing can be, like, proved historically. Like, literally nothing, not just the Bible, but anything we've learned can't necessarily be proven. Like, the same concept with science is that everything is referred to as theory, like gravity is a theory, because we don't, we aren't 100% sure that it's true, but it's very, very likely. Um, like, we believe in these theories, and we believe in George Washington by faith, so, you know, why is it so hard for us to fathom believing in Jesus by faith? Um, and also, I just believe that the Word of God is, like, too intricate and too world-changing um, to be written. I've heard this in a sermon by outcasts who couldn't read or write, um, and also the people who wrote the Bible, like, would have had no gain by writing it. In fact, they all lost their lives in terribly gruesome ways. They had no financial gain. They had no, like, status gain. They literally died for this cause. And so I don't think that they would have gone through that if it was all just fake or made up. And, you know, you can go into so many more resources of whether the Bible is true or not. And I encourage you to do that. It literally just takes, like, a quick Bible search or Bible search. I mean, true, you can look in the Bible for it, but what I meant to say was Google search. Um, and there's a book written, um, The Case for Christ is what I'm thinking of. And there's so many resources to look more into that. But I've heard a quote before that says, um, you would never want to watch the sunset with a meteorologist, which basically just means, you know, you want to enjoy something um, and learn about it through your personal experience with it rather than somebody who knows all the facts. And so I can testify that I know the Bible is true because I've seen it prove true in my life. Um, and so what do we then do with the Bible? We read it and apply it and we study it. And so I guess some more into my like walk with God and experience in reading scripture, I would say that it all kind of started for me when I read Matthew 6 for the first time. And I I think I've mentioned this before on this podcast, and if you know me, um, it's something that I'm pretty open to talking about, even though it's very difficult, um, is that a big part of my testimony and how I came to know Jesus and just a big part of my story is I've really struggled with an eating disorder um, since my sophomore year of high school. And it's something I still kind of struggle with. It's obviously like through like grace and by the grace of God, it's gotten like so much better and it's not something I deal with every single day I have hiccups here and there but I have you know seen so many chains break in regards to that and you know I just like would look on like Twitter and like Instagram for like encouraging quotes about um like eating disorders and I tried to like go to so many resources um of getting better and I remember reading this book called finding our identity after an eating disorder and the book gave basically 
which I believe is true, um, eating disorders have a lot to do with identity. And this book was recommending, like, well, you have to take your identity out of your eating disorder and into something else, like sports or horseback riding or painting or playing the guitar. And I started reading that and thinking, like, okay, well, all those things are, like, going to fail me at one point. Like, what if I fall off my horse? Like, I'm scared of horses, personally. So, like, I'm not going to take that up. Or, you know, what if I'm not a good painter? Or, like, I don't know. Like, these things that the author was giving as my identity seemed to, like, always be failing, you know? And so I was just stuck. And I had all these abundant resources um, telling me what to do, but I didn't have that personal source into my life speaking of, you know, what was going to work for me. And let me open up my Bible. But I came across Matthew 6 when, like, I kind of first began like pursuing my faith, I guess. And Matthew 6 says, this is 625. Um, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? And I remember reading that and I was like, wait, what? Like God says stuff about like food and not worrying about it because that is just something that consumed my mind for so long. And I was just astonished that the Bible, like, spoke into a struggle that I was going through in my life. And I had no idea that it had such, like, a personal application and that Jesus knew, like, before the foundation of the world that, like, I would struggle with these things. And he wanted to give me a word that would help me with endurance to get through it and to lean on him to get through it. So I was able to soon put my identity in Jesus rather than my identity in an eating disorder or horseback riding or painting or whatever it may be. Um, and then another example I have um, just from my life, or I guess not an example, but more of like a testimony is from really recently. And I have really been struggling with the burden of perfectionism. And I have just put so much pressure on myself of having to do everything perfectly, having to um, create this like big life for myself and just achieve all these things that honestly don't even matter. And I am just really blessed to have been reading this book by Jenny Allen and it's called, um, oh, it's right next to me. It's called Nothing to Prove, um, Why We Can Stop Trying So Hard. And um, I was just able to like watch or listen to some podcasts about it. I listen to Sadie Robertson's podcast a lot and just talk about it with members of my community, which really helped me so much but I would still like go to God in prayer and just not really feel like I was speaking to him I just felt like I was just saying the words and not really spending that authentic time in his presence and I felt kind of frustrated because I was like I have all these resources that are guiding me to not feel this burden of perfection yet I still feel it so heavily and I was like what's wrong with me like why am I doing this wrong and that's because I was putting my faith in these secondary sources to speak into my life and help guide me through the situation instead of going to God. And so then a few nights ago, um, in my dorm room, there's this like, or in my dorm, there's this like chapel room and it's like, might be the ugliest thing you've ever seen, but I've actually had some really, really awesome moments in there. And I was just sitting in there and I was listening to this song called With You from Elevation, which just talks about like wanting to just like be in God's presence and to sit with him and how like that is like the most important thing and that's like the true desire of our heart and I was just listening to this song and I just felt so at peace and I just like was resting 
um, in that moment just to myself in this like ugly chapel room. And then I opened up John 15 and I guess I'll read what I felt like I've been learning. Like that's not necessarily the subject of what I'm talking about, but kind of speaks into it. But John 15, um, this is verse four says, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself, unless it remains on the vine, neither can you, unless you remain in me. And then verse six says, the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. So what I felt like God was speaking to me is that a branch is actively resting in the vine and it does not have any other life source. It does not produce fruit on its own. Its only life source is the vine that it's attached to and the branch itself just like exists. Like it doesn't do anything. It just simply exists. Um, and the concept of like existing is so foreign to me and probably foreign to you too. Cause I feel like our culture wants to just like constantly be striving towards something, um, being independent and like sustaining ourselves. And so then I had to ask myself, what would my life look like if I were to actively rest in Jesus? And I just felt so strongly in my spirit, just the words, stop trying and simply be. And I just like rested on that for a moment. And then I remembered that that's a verse, which is in Exodus um, 14. It says, don't be afraid, stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the battle you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you must be still. And since I had this moment and since I was so affirmed and encouraged by these scriptures, I have not felt that weight of perfection. I felt so like free and light and just the ability to, like John 15 says, actively rest in him and just trust that it is by his life and authority that he may serve others through me, just as the vine bears fruit through the branch. And I wouldn't have had that if I didn't take that time to be in God's word and what God was speaking into my life rather than what somebody else was. Because somebody who's writing a book or somebody who's on a podcast doesn't know you. They don't know your life. Even your friends don't know like the darkest places of your mind or the things that you're internally wrestling with that you haven't confessed to them. But God does. In Psalm 139, it says, even the darkness is not dark to you. God knows our darkness. He knows the deepest places of our minds. He knows the depths of our souls even more than we could ever know them. So he knows what scripture, what um, word, what verse is going to speak to us in that moment and encourage us. And so we can't rely on these secondary sources to do that because they do not have the capability. Only the God of the universe knows what you're thinking and knows how to comfort you. What a gift that God came down and goes out of his way to bring comfort to us. Like he has already lavished grace upon us in heaven, but he still comforts us on earth. And so we have to take advantage of that, you know, like we have to act on that and we have to be bold in asking for his comfort and asking for his grace and he is quick to give it to us there is such joy in that he will exodus 14 he will fight for you and we just must be still we must be still in his presence we do not have to strive um or you know buy all the books listen to all the podcasts learn everything we can read uh, the case for christ and figure out everything in the bible but we just have to sit with him and just trust that he will bring to our hearts what it needs. He is our source. He is our fulfillment. He is our what sustains us. He is our daily bread. And that is just 
something that we can rest and have confidence in. So I, don't get me wrong, like, I encourage you to read books and listen to podcasts. I literally have a podcast, so please listen to it, Um, because we can learn valuable things um, about God and about his work in other people's lives, and we can be encouraged by them. And, like, God has placed so many things on my heart through books and through podcasts, but, like, the ultimate source and the primary source that we are looking for, the, the source that I was looking for from Dolly Parton exists. Not from Dolly Parton, but from God, and he knows exactly what to speak with us, speak to us through his word um, and through his presence. So, yes, it is so powerful and beautiful to learn about things and to learn from different people and sources, but don't forget Jesus Christ, who Hebrews says is the source and perfecter of our faith. Not a book, not a podcast, not a sermon on a Sunday morning, not a church, not a relationship, but Jesus, Jesus is the source and perfecter of our faith. So I hope that that encourages you this week. Um, And please reach out to me like through social media, through whatever it may be, if you have any questions about that or um, need more resources, um, if you want to learn more about like the history of the Bible and stuff like that. But take my word for it. The Bible is such a gift. And I just encourage you to open up John um, and just read a chapter a day. It takes 21 days to form a habit. And there are 21 chapters in John. So it's perfect. So check it out. Um, share with me how it's going for you and let me know if you have any questions and stay tuned, check back um, on this podcast to see when the next episode is. Maybe through time it'll be a little more consistent, but not yet. That's okay. But thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye guys.